What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Oh, there it is, yeah. Yeah, it goes to 21 minutes straight away on that for some reason. Yeah, you can scale it back there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't worried about that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just because that's where I had checked. I always... These action movies, to make sure that they're not, I don't know, Russian or something, I uh, scroll to, like, the middle of them and just check that the dialogue is uh, on the up and up and is in English, as God intended. (laughs) Not some foreigner's language. Not some Arabic malarkey. Not some filthy ancient desert script. (laughs) Latin, I'm glad it's dead. That won't be recorded, was it? Yeah, no, I recorded all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, well, be, I won't necessarily be putting it in the show. <laughs> Although I feel like I said way more inflammatory things about uh, people of other cultures than you did. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking on your behalf. Yeah. I wouldn't want, I want a uh, price being put on your head. Yeah, I, I don't, at this point, it would be a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be I like... Mr. Cross, we have to inform you that, unfortunately, due to comments about filthy desert scripts that you said uh, on your last podcast, you have now actually got a fatwa. And I'd be like, (laughs) really? Excellent. Bring it on. They'd be like, wait, wait, you're happy about it? I'm like, have you seen the world right now? (laughs) Have you looked around and seen what a hellscape it's become? What a disgusting, filthy, hellish, xenophobic, bigoted lot of old cunts. Uh, yeah. End it for me quickly. <laughs> <laughs> drive me to drive me to the um, drive me to the temple. I don't mind myself in. <laughs> yeah, I think I was as well. I mean, I think I'd be like, you know what? I always knew it and like this way. Yeah, and Damn. and you know, at least you somehow go out like a. You know, they could martyr you, and then everyone would be like, they killed the kick-ass kid, and then, <laughs> they, you know, then suddenly the podcast becomes super famous, and you'd reap a lot of money and stuff. It would be great. Like, it would have benefits to do it that way. Yeah. No, when you put it like that. Yeah, we could become a cause celeb, like everyone would be, uh, you know, demanding the, the release of the, uh, you know, uncut versions of our podcast. Not that I ever cut anything out, but... <laughs> be a whole thing and uh it would be it would be worth worth all the the stuff a bit like uh this week we just found out that universal the pussies have decided to pull the uh action satire the hunt uh from cinemas because trump tweeted something and they don't like what he tweeted well what was this? You know what? We should be recording all this. I am recording it. Oh, right. Did you want to do an <laughs> intro for the show? <laughs> it's all right. I can always find a way to, like, edit around it or put it before the music. Anyway, let's cue the music and then talk about the hunt after that. 
Several years ago in 2012, a crack duo, one martial artist, movie expert, and renowned trigger of donkeys, the other ridiculously ginger-bearded and a world-famous Michael Winner impersonator, were given the task by an agitated Al Leon to watch every single 80s and 90s action movie ever made and do a commentary on them for a crime that they happily committed. Something to do with a Gary Daniels back parade, three tubes of strawberry jelly, and a perpetually greased-up Bolo Young in a Bolo tie. These men promptly created a passion-filled wave of action adoration that swept throughout the internet underground. Today, still wanted by Steven Seagal for making one too many jokes about his expanding gut and knitted hair, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you love action, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you should be listening to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. This podcast explodes! Hello and welcome to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentary Podcast. I am Dr. Action. And I am the Kick-Ass Kid. And much like the musicians on the Titanic, as the world around us is slowly and disgustingly destroyed, we're going to go down swinging uh, and uh, shitting ourselves. Yes, it's Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid back for another show. We said that we would do this regularly, and by gosh, if we haven't done two in a row, like we're some kind of professionals or something. It's like we're getting paid. <laughs> it's, it's almost like we have a regular podcast again. Oh, well, Donald Trump wanted his back. You were mentioning him before. What, what was this about the hunt? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's funny because the hunt rhymes with cunt. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of what we're talking about. No, so the action satire, the hunt, which is essentially the most dangerous game, hard mm. target, uh, surviving the game, hard target two. Uh, there's a bunch of others. Anyway, basically a bunch of toffs. Uh, uh, hunt a bunch of poor people and then the poor people go enough of this bollocks and then kill the toffs in, in, in return, right? So that that's a movie that was coming out, right? Um, the, uh, there's also a movie, by the way, uh, at the same time called uh, Ready or Not, I think it's called, in which uh, toffs hunt down Margot Robbie. Actually, it's not Margot Robbie. It's actually Samara Weaving, but they look fucking identical. Who can tell these people apart anymore? Everyone just looks like a fucking stick figure model pulled out of the latest... I don't know. Everyone's way too pretty in films. We need we need ugly people back in movies. Anyway, uh, Samara Weaving, not Margot Robbie, uh, uh, dressed in a wedding dress on her wedding night uh, and end up like killing each other by accident and, and her revenging herself on them. That film, that's fine. Nobody's had any problem with that at all. Uh, the problem they have is with the hunt. They have a problem with the hunt because since there was uh, two mass shootings recently, some horrible tragedies in the U.S., which, by the way, happened statistically in the U.S. every single day. Every single day. There was one year where there was literally a mass shooting every single day in the U.S. But these two in particular, because Trump is currently president and because he's been shooting his big flabby orange mouth off and everything else, these two in particular, these are going to be the ones that uh, uh, make the Republicans um, decide to ban violent video games. Because, of course, nobody killed each other before video games. Um, <laughs> there, there was a, There's a great meme going around of the invention of Pong in 1976. And it was like the, the day the world... <laughs> the day the world discovered violence. Um... <laughs> 
but uh, but yeah, he's he wants to ban video games, and then he came after the movie The Hunt because um, he was like, it's just inciting violence. His whole thing is it's inciting violence because basically the liberals have been sitting around going, you you've been inciting violence because he actually has. He has actually been inciting violence because he's actually, as president of the United States, stood on a stage and incited violence. Like we actually have video of him actually inciting violence. Anyway. Uh, he says, no, I don't. Horrible, violent films like this one, The Hunt, that's all about uh, elites uh, um, tracking down poor people and killing. That, that's just inciting people to violence. So that needs to stop. And so you, nice, but it's probably actually a documentary to Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> He's actually like, wait, they've got us figured out. We can't <laughs> let this film go forward because if it does, people will find out that we have a secret society where we kill poor people for fun and profit. Is this another Michael Moore documentary? Yeah. That's what thinks it is. So Universal, you know, being being the stiff corporate backbone that they are, went, all right, we'll pull it from cinemas. Um, so, yeah, they're pulling the release because of, well, it's got it's got sensitive content in it. Uh, we can't possibly, uh, what about um, Hob- Hobbs and Shaw in which uh, lots of people are massacred? Oh, no, that, that that's absolutely fine because it's like a, a, a fun movie and, and uh, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of fun and enjoyable. Okay, so what about Ready or Not where, where hundreds of people are killed? No, 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 that, that's fine. That's like a comedy. It's clearly a comedy, blah, 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 blah. All right, what about these other 500 movies that have got? What about all the Marvel movies in which literally people are killed um no that's all fine uh we have to however make an example of the hunt for reasons known only to the cunt so that is that's where we are with the world um and i tried to post about it on uh, the after movie diner facebook page and facebook took it down so uh facebook is supporting censorship and uh universal is supporting censorship and uh, Trump is doing his old trolling technique of what's good for the goose is good for the gander, where if liberals say maybe we shouldn't have so many automatic weapons in the hands of mentally ill people, Trump goes, I don't know, maybe we should ban movies. And Universal, for some reason, go, yeah, okay, that sounds great, even though the Republicans are against regulating corporations. They're fine for a corporation to regulate on their behalf of their idiotic... Uh, stupidity. So that's, that's where we're at in the world, and that's why you need Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kit. We need something. We do. What we need is two gobshites uh, in a darkened <laughs> room watching 80s and 90s action movies and saying, uh, consequences be damned, you're all a bunch of fucking assholes, uh, we welcome the end of the world, and uh, let's do it watching action. Why not? I can't think of anything better to do. Right, exactly. Well, you've got fucking... <clears throat> Uh, numpty knobhead uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson. Oh yeah, was... Boris Trump. Oh yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, it's we're so screwed. I know you. Can't. How did it get to this point? <laughs> How did we get to this point where everybody looks at these two knobheads? And goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's what we want. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's literally like we grew up and someone went. The baby boomers went. We've got one more cosmic joke for you because along with uh, uh, ruining wages, uh, making sure that there is no um, job advancement in in jobs that you are loyal to and work hard at, um, along with dismantling healthcare so that no one can afford it, uh, along with a crumbling infrastructure and the fact that you'll never ever get any of the social security or national insurance that you're paying into for us to live off when we get old, even though you're never going to see any of that, 
How about as a last fuck you to your generation, we're going to vote in Trump and Boris Johnson? There we go. Congratulations. Oh, and Brexit. You deal with that as well. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. literally where we're at. Yeah. And uh, I can't help it's, but thinking... It's like our grandparents <laughs> fucking hate us. That's been the joke well, all no, along. Our pa- our, it's really our parents' generation, because they're now the grandparents, really. We, we, Jim mm. and I were talking about this the other day. Our generation, which is sort of Gen X, Xennial, uh, whatever, we're kind of like in between uh, baby boomers and the millennials. Our generation sort of was like, well, I don't know, I'll get a job in my 20s and that'll do me and I'll get a nice house and I'll have a, a wife or a husband or a whatever and I'll just kind of, we'll, we'll just have, we'll watch some movies and we'll go on holiday occasionally, it'll all be fine, right? That's kind of where we were at, right? And if someone said to us, you know, are you for gay marriage, are you for abortion, are you for this, whatever, we just say, yeah, sure, whatever people, whatever people need, <laughs> like, don't worry about it, that sounds fine, just do it, yeah, it's all good, <laughs> women's rights, sure, let them handle shit, like, whatever, like, we were very yeah. much like that. Yeah, about fucking time, <laughs> why don't they pay for a cinema ticket, I'm <laughs> all for it. <laughs> so, why don't they pay for a cinema ticket, that should be on a banner, um... <laughs> Feminism. Why shouldn't they pay for a cinema ticket? Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so we thought, so. But then the the baby boomers were like, "Wow, if they if if um, if they're not going to like push to to be uh, uh, um, promoted or push to be uh, CEOs or authority figures or whatever, because we've all realised that authority is bollocks, we'll stay around, we'll stick around, and with all our decent healthcare and all our money, we'll live long into our 90s, and we'll work long into our 80s. Meanwhile, the the, the millennials are all politicised because of social media and blah, politicised, blah, social media and blah, 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 but they have no worldly experience. So the baby boomers are screaming, and the millennials are screaming, and we're stuck in the middle being like, what? the fuck happened um yeah so that's that's kind of where we are which is why i think we've found this sweet spot of you know fuck the noise let's make our own um nonsense and just kind of you know what you're dead right because i was sitting there thinking but i'm only like 18 and my dad's only like 35 how can it be right sit down and remembered no you're twat you're nearly 40 yeah your dad's 60 (laughs) yeah yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a surprise when you're, you know, sat there talking to your parents and one of them quite openly admits, oh, yeah, I voted for Brexit. Brexit sounds like a great idea. It's been a mess ever since the 70s. And I'm like, it's been a mess because of you, because you haven't <laughs> done anything about it. The rest of us were all like, we, wait a minute, we can live and study in Europe and whatever, and it's all good, and we can just travel and be free and stuff like that. And we were like, that sounds great. Everyone, you know, And everyone else was like, well, you know, I don't know. I think... Uh, I think we don't want to be governed by Europe. And I'm like, can you point to one law, <laughs> one law that was passed by the European community that wasn't of benefit? There were, you know, because it was, I looked it up, and there's like a bunch of laws in Europe that, because whenever someone says to me like, well, you know, they're not elected, you know, they're just these officials in Europe passing laws that we have to abide by. And it's all shit like we shouldn't have asbestos in food. It's all shit like that. It's all <laughs> it's shit. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like. Everybody should be entitled to health care. It's yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? I don't want to be told that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be told that, that education should be cheaper. We shouldn't have arsenic in baby food. Come on now. We should be able to do whatever we want to do. Uh, we should be able to eat plastics and uh, stab our children with, uh, you know, bad, yeah. dangerous well, drugs. Of, one of the main things that the EU are bringing in is uh, you're not going to be able to uh, hide any money. 
anywhere. Yeah, oh, that's a terrible of, law. That's a terrible and, law. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all the elite yeah. in in uh, Britain go, we, I think we should bloody come out. Yeah. I think, don't you? I don't like this idea that they're telling us that we're not allowed to hide our banks in, <laughs> uh, hide our money in uh, illegal Swiss banks that were originally funded by Nazi gold. No, I think, I think we should probably <laughs> revolt against that and have a Brexit negotiation. What do you think? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all fucked up, dude, and I, I really don't know what's going on. Um, but as I say, uh, we are, as, as Cobra once said, uh, crime is the disease. Well, now I'm going to say that uh, uh, Trump and Johnson are the disease and Dr. Action and the kick-ass kid are the cure. That's what I'm saying right now. We'll probably get a good uh, budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, better, better than my movie idea, which uh, was uh, Bum Cop. Uh, which uh, was basically I couldn't I couldn't decide whether it was called Bum Cop or Hobo Law, but it was it was essentially a tramp who solved <laughs> crimes. Um, I think I remember you telling me about that yeah. one time. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but Hobo Law, I quite like the idea of Hobo but, Law. No, that should be like the sequel. You've just crossed Bum Cop Two. Hobo Law. Law. You've just crossed Hobo Law. Um, yeah, and I just thought it could just be me dressed as a hobo, uh, beating people up. And if you want, like, a, a, a political angle, we could make him, like, a homeless vet. You know how in, in yeah. Jason Statham movies, it's always like, well, he's, he's a butcher, but he used to be in the Marines. Or, you know, he's a hairdresser, <laughs> yeah. but he used yeah. to be a Navy SEAL or something. Well, in this yeah. one... It's, he's got a nice little patisserie, <laughs> but he used to be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Nazi killer. Yeah. <laughs> Now he owns a successful haberdashery, but he used to be a secret spy. And, of course, they trained all their secret spies in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's just the yeah. way we roll. Yeah, but he never lost his Cockney accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love that. About well, he was in a special elite British fighting unit. There's one movie that he does where they say something about, like, he was in some elite, uh, elite, secret British fighting, whatever. As if the Brits have any <laughs> kind of, you know, as if right now they're all like, well, well the British, eh? Like, nobody cares. You could say he was an elite British Morris dancer. From a <laughs> he knows how to hit a hanky with a stick. <laughs> uh, he's, he's good at curling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> curling out a turd. <laughs> um, I, I, I take it because you're not a big fan of the the later Fast and Furious movies. I take it you're not going to go see Hobbs and Shaw. No, probably not. Well, if you by the way, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the film. That's that's. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed it because I'm a big fan of the the more ridiculous later Fast and Furious films, and I think they do keep coming up with like interesting ways to tell stupid stories, but. The trailer spoiled so much of the movie that I kind of knew what was going to happen around every corner. It's done well, though, hasn't it? It has done bloody well. And and what's interesting is that... I wonder, the... if, I wonder if the Fast and Furious is sort of... They're just going to curb that now, because... No, 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 the, they've the... got 9 and 10 planned, and they've... Oh, OK. They've but been making the billions. Yeah, no, I think the plan is, is like, uh, Vin Diesel's been out... Uh, asking kind of other... I think that John Cena's joining. There's rumours that Keanu Reeves is going to be in the franchise. So I think he's kind of gone out and asked other people to kind of join uh, for future episodes. Um, but no, what's interesting about it, 
most interesting for Jason Statham is that for the longest time, if you go on like Box Office Mojo and you look at the movies he did that he headlined, like The, the Mechanic or Safe mm. or whatever, versus the ensemble stuff he was in, The Expendables, Fast and Furious, Spy, stuff like that. The ones that he did by himself never made any money. Like, never made it. They, they, were, they were made for, like, 60 mil, and they'd barely break 20 mil a uh, return. But his ensemble movies make so much money that he's still considered, like, a bankable star. And the good thing for him is that The Meg, which he starred in, and uh, Hobbs and Shaw, which he's, like, the, the second lead in, both have done really, really, really well. So that's kind of like great news for Statham because it kind of means that Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hollywood doesn't just think of him as an ensemble player anymore, hopefully. No. No. I watched The Meg, actually. I didn't mind that. Oh, so, like, I went into The Meg wanting Jason Statham to punch a shark, and he punched a shark. Like, he d- dove up, grabbed a big stick, punched it into the shark's eye twice, and then I, I was like, that, 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 that is worth the price of the ticket for me. Because <laughs> I didn't think I would get it. Like, I was joking. I was like, we're never going to get Statham punching the shark. Why and did he... you not think that would happen? Well, because... There. Because so often I've gone into movies like San Andreas was a prime example, like we or, or Skyscraper with the Rock, where we've gone. I really because of all the stupid stuff Rock does in the Fast and Furious franchise, like uh, tearing a fucking machine gun off a drone and shooting down, <laughs> uh, 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 shooting down a fucking helicopter with it. Um, you know, Jim and I are always making these jokes on the podcast where we're like, well, if it's San Andreas starring the Rock, I really hope like. The Rock somehow like pulls San Andreas' fault back together with his bare arms, or you know, chews his way through a building or something. Um, and he never does. And like when we watched Skyscraper, it was like, oh, I really hope he does something ridiculous, like you know, punches make a, the skyscraper yeah, back, punches a skyscraper back into position, or I don't know, makes a bridge with the bodies of dead terrorists or something like that. Does something ridiculous, and he never does. So like when we went to, when Statham was in a shark movie, I'm like, oh, this is just going to be disappointing because what he isn't going to do is punch the shark and then the whole movie was geared towards him punching a shark which i just thought was fucking genius so have we gone from jump the shark to punch the shark punch the shark is now yeah if you can punch a shark in the face with a doesn't he do it with does he do it with a harpoon or is it just like a big stick or something he like rams something into the eye and then punches it down into the shark's face It'd be better if it was like a paperclip, because that means he's right up close personally. Like that's yeah. what you want to see from Statham. Um, but no, I mean, 
you don't need to know too much about the later Fast and Furiouses to see Hobbs and Shaw. For you, I would wait till video, but like it's worth a good, fun, like Saturday afternoon. It's basically like an episode of the A Team and Street Hawk, like writ large. You know what I mean? Right. It's just yeah, like I'm not against seeing it. I'm not against seeing it at all. If nothing else, for Statham, because did you like Spy? Did you like the comedy in Spy? Uh, yeah, I didn't mind that at all. So imagine the comedy in Spy mixed mm. with. Fast and Furious film, but done as like an 80s throwback, that's what Hobson Shore is. Right. So it's it's like a um it's like a uh Tango and Cash. Yes. Film. Right, okay. Yeah. It's like Tango and Cash, but instead of like a super secret car without with... the effing and jeffing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some shitting and blinding. I don't know that there's any effing and jeffing, but nah. there's some shitting and blinding. It's a fairly hard PG-13, if that makes any sense. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the only bit that's, a, that, that's annoying is how much of it was spoiled in the trailer, but I still had an absolute blast with it. And, um, you know, you have to make the leap where you go, okay, they're fighting a super-enhanced you know, superhuman, you know, robot hybrid. Uh, it's essentially Hobbs and Shaw versus the Terminator played by Idris Elba. That's essentially what it is. So once you make that leap, once you go, okay, we're out of the realms of even remote possibility here, um, which, by the way, the Fast and Furious has been out of the realms of remote possibility since, like... Since number five. Since number five, really. Um, so... Uh, as long as you can kind of accept that, because I've heard a lot of people being like, well, I liked it, but it was a bit unbelievable. I'm like, wait, you went, you went to a Fast and Furious rip-off expecting believability. I hate to break it to you, but these are about as believable as fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, um, it was like, so, so you don't think the last one was? Yeah. Not that I've even seen it, but it's like, the one before it was pretty... It's, it's you mean five. the last one where um, where The Rock was driving along in a Jeep by a nuclear submarine that was rising up out of the ice and he managed to grab a torpedo with his arm and fling it at a bad guy? You mean that? <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's, uh, uh, I, I read Total yeah. Film was on set that day yeah. and they did it. They so, did it for real, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, look, I love the stupidity of the, the Fast and Furious movies, but um, uh, because it does take me back to a time where uh, Arnie and Stallone and people were doing more and more ridiculous things. And what's funny is, you know, there's a lot of people who, back in the 80s, would be watching, like, Stallone stuff, and the first few, you know, Rocky and Rambo and ones like that, they would really like, because they felt more sort of gritty and real. But, like, the more he got into the... Cobra, Tango and Cash, you know, Stop and My Mum Will Shoot stuff, people didn't like him as much. Um, I think the nice thing about going back with hindsight and watching some of those is that both things have their place. The gritty, real, you know, so-called, uh, uh, you know, realistic violence ones have their place, but so do, the, so do the big, bombastic, silly, you know, I'm fighting a super-enhanced criminal kind of movies as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, they've got a time and place. So yeah, so I I enjoyed it for that for that reason. But yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't like run to the theater expecting, I don't know, Gone with the Wind or Henry V or something. I, I was. 
<laughs> I was thinking, and I was thinking, it's it's gonna be Statham's Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. What's really funny is obviously, um, in the Fast and Furious franchise, Statham's character killed Han, right? <clears throat> but yeah. since then, they've slowly Not made him a hero, right? So in the sixth one, he's like the main villain. <clears throat> yeah. Or no, the seventh one, he's the main villain. But by the eighth one, he's like part of the gang. And by Hobson Shaw, he's like basically a hero. Um, and what's interesting is with each passing film, how they've tried to write lines in where... They're, the writers are basically saying, forget he killed Han. Forget he killed Han. <laughs> <laughs> Go with yeah. it. He's sorry about it, all right? He said sorry a couple of times. Just allow yeah. it. Yeah. He didn't say he was sorry, but he meant it. He, he kind of meant it. He kind of meant it. Um, you know, when he said about Han Solo, he really meant Han. Yeah, he really meant Han. Yeah. Yeah, but so it's, it's, uh, that's interesting. I, I'm fully expecting that by number 10, Charlie's Theron, who was the bad guy in number 8, becomes a good guy. Like, I'm just expecting that, <laughs> that all yeah. the bad guys at some point become good guys. Yeah, she's probably sitting on, uh, sitting on Vin Diesel's face. He's <laughs> 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 just like, always forgiven in love and war. Yeah, eh? Fast and Furious 10, Charlie's Theron <laughs> sits on Vin Diesel's face. In space. Um, well, no, you know what? what? That could get me back. Yeah. <laughs> what I do like, I have to say, though, the, 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 you know, obviously we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which most people agree have done it right in terms of how you roll out characters, how you roll out films, and then how you, like, have those characters appear in each other's films and team up and everything else, right? And, yeah, there's been yeah. bumps along the road, but most people will hold that up as, like, wow, we didn't think this 10-year experiment yeah. would it's, work, it's and it's It's a great work. business model. Right. DC tried to do it, and they were all... They, they just, like, rushed it and fucked it and whatever, and I actually sat down recently and watched a whole bunch of the DC movies I hadn't seen, the two... Um, Batman, Superman ones, and um, Suicide Squad, and mm. they're just fucking awful. Uh, and you know they they sped through a bunch of stuff, and they didn't really kind of like roll out the carpet and, and, and like set the table the way they should have done in order to like get audiences pulled in. They were too busy being like, we need our Avengers as soon as possible, rather than saying, well, fuck it. It took Marvel. If you count when Marvel first started making movies with fucking Blade and the original Hulk and all the rest of it, and, and it took Marvel basically almost 20 years to get to the point where they could Let's do... Let's get all the characters back. Right. DC could have done this fucking years ago. Right. They've so, always had their own characters. Right. So with the success of, like, the Batman franchise, they could have just tried to spin it off from there. And I will say one thing for Superman versus Batman is at least they play it like the Ben Affleck Batman in that movie is the Batman that Christopher Nolan... Like, they referenced the Christopher Nolan movies in that to try and say, like, whoa, this is all canon, by the way. This is all part of the same thing. Mm. Um, it doesn't quite work, but it works well enough. I mean, there's even one point where they reference exploding penguins from Batman Returns, so they're trying to make all Batmans part of this universe, um, which is fine, but, like, in general, they didn't... They didn't ease it out the way they should have done. They didn't roll it out the way they should have done, and they didn't take their time with it. They rushed it. <clears throat> what I like about the Fast and Furious franchise is as the movies went on, someone somewhere, whether it was <clears throat> Justin Lin or whether it was the writer who's written the last five movies, I forget his name, but he also wrote Hobbs and Shaw, whoever it was, 
along with Vin Diesel, has gone, if we're good about this, and if we just keep making <clears throat> Fast and Furious movies people like, but underneath them really be making the Fast and Furious cinematic universe so that by the time we get to the eighth one, we can spin it off and we can do these characters and then we can bring those characters back in if we want or we don't have to and blah, 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 blah. Like, the fact that they've been able to do that, but at the same time, in the way the Bond franchise does, give us, gives us a Fast and Furious movie every two years. You know what I mean? Like, so every two mm. years, we've got a Fast and Furious movie. But at the same time, there's this, like, weird universe building going on that you didn't see coming, and now suddenly we're the first movie in to the Fast and Furious cinematic universe, and it's done, like, really great business. So mm. expect many more, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know when it came along, because all of a sudden this did start tying them all together, which was quite, quite very clever of the Fast and Furious producers. Yeah. I will give them that. So, did they ever mention Brian in Fast and Furious? Brian? Um, <laughs> no, they don't. No, in, what, in Hobson Shaw? No, 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 in the last Fast and Furious movie. Yes. Yeah, they what, do. What, yeah. what is he supposed to be doing now? <clears throat> they, they, they basically it, what <laughs> uh, what's happened is is that the broad who played played Brian's wife, and I'm going to forget her name, but from the faculty, what's her name? Jordana, Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster. That's it. So Jordana Brewster essentially is out of work because uh, Brian died. Um, because now in all future Fast and Furious movies, they say like. Uh, oh, he's off raising children. We can't disturb him. It's kind of like in Avengers. It's kind of like in uh, Marvel movies where they say, "Well, why don't we just get the Hulk to destroy this bad guy?" And they're like, "Well, he's off doing something else. Like, we can't we can't get hold of the Hulk, you know." Um, so, <clears throat> anyway, we should probably start, unless you have anything else to say. No. Marital outlaw, martial outlaw. Sorry, martial outlaw. <laughs> Um, Martial outlaw, which is an interesting movie because it's uh, essentially by the same group of people that did Martial Law One and Two, um, and even though Mission of Justice is often called Martial Law Three, this is Martial Outlaw, which almost has the same plot as Martial Law One. Yeah. <laughs> So, in the world of straight-to-video 90s action movies, this is almost as complex as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I've tied it all together. Look at that. <laughs> it all means something. <laughs> so, do you have so, any history with Martial Outlaw, or is it just one you know about? It's just one I know about. I think I remember the video cover. Fair enough. But, like, but, but it was like one of those where you look at it and you think... I wonder if that's got a different title. I wonder if that's Martial Law 5. Yeah. yeah. Or Mission of Outlaw Justice 1. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's so, just Martial Outlaw. Martial Outlaw. Uh, not a PM Entertainment movie, but you wouldn't be uh, blamed for thinking it was. No, except one bit, and I'll point it out where you can clearly see it's not a PM Entertainment film because they forgot to put glass yeah. in a frame. Yeah. And you don't get that sort of uh, treatment from PM Entertainment. There's always glass to be broken. Yes, indeed. If there is freestanding strips of glass in a shopping mall, then trust PM Entertainment to throw someone through every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
I always expect at the end of one of those sequences in a PM Entertainment movie, it to just pan around to uh, uh, Pepin or Mary or one of those uh, hobbits <laughs> who produces... Well, isn't, isn't his name Richard Pepin or something? Uh, the P of, uh, I thought you meant the one from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, the same one of the hobbits who produced <laughs> 80s and 90s action movies. Um, I, I always used to imagine them on set going, I don't know, called the Foyland set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up now. I'm almost certain they're called like Mary and Pippin, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, I think they are, yeah. Uh, PM Entertainment. Uh, it is Joseph Tufik Mary. <laughs> That's his true middle name. And uh, um, Richard Pepin. So it is. Yeah. It's Pepin and Mary. I was right. I know my right. action shit. And I know my hobbits. Um, but I always expected that, like, after one of those sequences, it would pan round to Richard Pepin, and he would just be like, Yahtzee! Anyway, uh, so Marshall Outlaw from 1993, starring Jeff Willy Winkart and Gary Hudson and Vladimir Skoromovsky. He's, he's particularly impressive, as, as much as Gary... What do we know Gary Hudson from? Uh, Gary Hudson, we know from, and I'm going to forget right now, <laughs> but I know he's in IMDb. something. He is in Roadhouse. That's right. That's where you That's... recognize him from. He is one of the bad bouncers in Roadhouse. Yeah, it's also in Fifty Shades Free for the ladies. For the ladies, Fifty Shades of Gary Hudson. <laughs> uh, he's also in that. Forgettable Al Pacino movie, two for the money. Yeah, there. Even Al Pacino don't want to talk about that. No, no absolutely not. He's he, still going though, isn't he? He is. He's Gary still Hudson. going. A lot of these eighties and nineties action stars are still going. Uh, he was. He had quite. He's had quite the career. Um, according to IMDb, and I've, I've got to believe this is wrong. Uh, he was in As the World Turns in 1956. I've got, I've got to believe that's a mistake. <laughs> she was a baby. Uh, <laughs> what, how old? When was oh, was he? it a series? Was it he, a series? he was born in 1956. So <laughs> yeah. I know it was a TV series Yeah. that was still running in 1981. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was Dr. Rick Ryan. Okay. So his uh, first major movie was Skate Town, USA. Yeah. That um, looks fun. But yeah, he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. When did he start the like eighties, nineties action stuff? Uh, he started in the nineties with Roadhouse. Roadhouse was sort of his first. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And then he was in a bunch of naughty movies like Sexual Intent and Indecent Behavior. Uh, wild Cactus. <laughs> Night Angel. Uh, who's in there? Uh, who's in Briscoe County? Three episodes. Yeah, he was. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, lots of stuff. He was in a movie called Texas Payback. Uh, I which just is, saw that, yeah. Which is that. a sexual position. Um, and he was in that with, uh, oh, that well known person. What's his name? Scott Alexander. Who? Huh? What? No, yeah. I don't know either. Um, like the band member. The band member. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, pretty just generic action star. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to do like a Gary Hudson season on uh, Doctor Action, so please just enjoy this for what it is. 
But let's uh, <laughs> let's get it cracking, dude. Let's uh, let's hit the play button. Texas Payback is directed by our friend Richard Munchkin. Is it? Yes. Is it a is it a PM Entertainment movie then? Um. Or is it just directed by him? Not that he he only directed for PM, but he did a lot of PM stuff. Let's have a look at the uh, who produced it. Produced by. Uh, no, I don't recognise any of them except Richard Munchkin. He produced it as well. So yeah, I'd just say that's one that he uh, he created himself. Wow. And it, it does have Sam Jones in it. I was like, what's Sam Jones doing on the video cover? And he is in it, but he's yeah, right he's, down he's, the list. The lead. Of... Yeah, I think it just it got, it's just showing. It. Yeah, that looks pretty good. So, <laughs> so maybe we are going to do a Gary Hudson season. Watch that. Let's s- not let's not go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say we might do Texas Payback. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's directed two films: Thunder Run and Club VR. And we're back on the Gary Hudson season train. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> He's an wow. Elvis fan. It was down to Gary Hudson and Kurt Russell for Dick Clark's film on Elvis in 1979. Gary really? played Sheriff Aaron Viva, the Elvis of the West, with Bruce Campbell on The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Do you remember him? Was he I good? Do. Yeah, he was all right. <laughs> Meaning, you know, he wore an Elvis wig and said, Thank you very much. Uh, it was alright Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid commentaries is part of AfterMovieDiner.com if you want to support AfterMovieDiner.com head on over to Patreon.com forward slash AfterMovieDiner that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash AfterMovieDiner if you like the content here on this podcast all the money will be uh, funneled back to support everything under AfterMovieDiner.com. We also have great movie reviews, interviews, news, and all the rest on the website, so please do check that out. If you want a direct way to support Dr. Action the Kick-Ass Kid, why not write us a review on one of the many podcast platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever podcasts are found. Write us a review and rate us. After a short advert, we'll be going right into the commentary for Marital Out Marshall, Marshall Outlaw. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, all right. Let's, let's get this movie on the, on the go, sir, so you're not up too late. Coolio. Right. All right. You count us in, dude. <clears throat> okay. So three, two, one, go. All right. And as we said, it's not a PM Entertainment movie. It is an image orgasm nation movie, uh, which is... Uh, do we know any other image or orgasm movies? I think we have seen a few. We've seen a couple, have we? 
Are I they the same so. that, like, isn't Image Entertainment still going? Oh, is that, that's Imagine Entertainment. That's different, isn't it? No, I think there is an image still going. Oh, maybe, maybe. We'll have to look into that. Maybe uh, they should remake this. <laughs> they should just go and remake all their films. They should remake it with uh, Judy Dench and um, and uh, Melissa McCarthy as sisters. I don't know where I, that came from. Judy Dench not? and um, uh, who's the Hetty Wainthrop woman? Her. Oh, Hattie, Pat- uh, Patricia, Patricia Routledge. Routledge, yeah. Routledge, yeah. Judy Dench and Patricia Routledge are martial outlaws in a, re- mm. in a remake of the 1993 Mar- Martial outlaws. <laughs> You've always wanted to see them topless. Well, now that they're pushing 80. Now, how much do you reckon these credits, this credit sequence cost? The hiring of the police car, the electricity for the lights... I reckon they probably just went by when they were filming an episode of Cops and just walked past with the camera really slowly. Yeah, probably. Proper guerrilla filmmaking. I, I, I like that what this screams to me as. This screams to me that they made a 70-minute movie and they were like, how do we push the t- credits out to 10 minutes of screen time? Well... First yeah, of all, you know, let's do the credits for absolutely everybody. Like, let's not just do the main cast and the director and the writer. Let's you, do everyone. Face, what's your name? <laughs> My name's Tony, and I'm, I'm just on set catching a rat. Yeah, you're in the credits. Yeah, the Tony production the executive is in the credits. No one even knows what the hell that is. I think it's because to get into Cannes, your film's got to be over one hour twenty. Yeah, that's what it is. And. Uh, this got it over it. This this movie has five people who wrote the story. Five people credited as story writers. That's uh, and I bet Thomas Ritz, who who was the screenwriter, I bet he had to listen to the five of them belly aching on and on. No, no, no. There shouldn't be a fight at minute eight. There should be a fight at minute eight and a half. Uh, there shouldn't. Each one goes around <laughs> going. Oh, I suggested that. Yeah. You know that bit where there's a, a, a long panning shot of San Francisco? That was my idea. I said, put that in the script. <laughs> uh, Which fucker suggested the sweater that's coming up? Yeah, that's what I want to know. You're fired. And Gary Hudson's endless casino, uh, uh, Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> I love all this like um, uh, story building as well. And this... Yeah. Because nobody really needs to know anything about any of these people. You'd be forgiven for thinking that it's an old Italian giallo, though, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I like the way that the cameraman has managed to get the candle in every shot. Uh, It's because they couldn't afford lighting. (laughs) So it's just like, I will put... Because he's from the Ukraine. I will put... I will just put candle in every shot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know what if you handcuff it to somebody's fucking wrist yeah, that, that, look kind of, that, kind of, that kind of screams there's something worthwhile in that it does, yeah. I don't think there's a banana in a fucking cheese sandwich <laughs> I think I think, there's, I think after staking out this restaurant for the last six years I think we finally found something that's six years' worth of van farts they've had to sit through. 
Because what people... They open the van and all of a sudden the fucking ozone layer has another crack of beer in it. Uh, shifty little fucker he It's is. like he's been sat in here eating peanuts for six years. <laughs> Was that you? <laughs> you fucker. Also, I have to say, this is one thing that I absolutely miss from action movies uh, nowadays. And that is the... We have to establish that our leading man is a martial artist. So just have some random thugs, even though they're nothing to do with the plot, have some random thugs attack him. It's just al- it's almost genius plotting. That's why there's five, five story guys. <laughs> and that bloke just standing there, shitting yeah. himself. Yeah. You know, because they're sat there and they're like, well, in the story, we have to establish that Jeff Willie Winkart is a martial artist, bad boy. And they're like, don't don't you think the fact that he's wearing uh, a slight roll neck with a jacket, doesn't that establish that fact? No. We need him to be attacked by some random hoods with mullets. It's all right. This is Toronto. We can definitely do that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said it was San Francisco. Shut up, Alan. (laughs) <laughs> no, establishing shots of San Francisco. <laughs> and we stole that from an episode of, you know, what was that? Um, the What was the San Francisco TV show? That weren't Cheers, was it? No, it no, was no. Cheers. It was the It was the one, oh, it was the one that... Um... Streets of San Francisco? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, what the fuck was it? Yeah, it was it. Streets of San Francisco. I'm almost oh. sure that, like, Michael Douglas appeared on that before he was... Yeah, famous. and there was that full house as well. That's San Francisco. Yeah. We stole it from an opening credit sequence of San Francisco. <laughs> uh, this poor bastard has had to be chained to this suitcase now already a, a whole day. It's been 24 hours already. Unless this is the same night, but I don't think it is, is it? I'm not... I've no idea. Also, there's hardly any furniture in that room, so I'm not sure the long tracking shot was required. Show, show off the carpet, Alan. We paid good money for the carpet. Yeah, we've paid for extra track. <laughs> Let's really give it some. Yeah. Slow it but down, don't Alan. stop. It's going to fucking hit him. <laughs> Slow it down, Alan. We want to see every single line on that horrible 90s silk shirt. <laughs> He's got a great face, though, this guy, isn't he? Yeah. It's like, uh, you, you believe bet, him as a Russian informant. I think he probably got a lot of work in the, yeah, the gangster flicks of the 90s. Probably. You'd probably be able to spot him if you knew his name. And I don't know his name right now. Is he, is he, is he Vladimir Skomorovsky? Is he Nikolai? I think so. I think so. I think he works. No, he's not. He's Andre. He's Ari Barak. He did a lot of films with Ingrid... Uh, not Ingrid, Ingmar Bergman. Did he? In the 60s, yeah. You, you can tell. His his level of acting prowess screams yes. Bergman. He's like, I'm not used to so much dialogue. Can I stare out of window or play chess with a priest? There we go. Another establishing shot of Los Angeles. And, and then as we, as we cut it, there's Toronto. <laughs> this is a... Uh, this is Gary Hudson. Gary Hudson, who was at the time auditioning for a role in Police Academy, the animated series. 
zoom into the alarm because I didn't know what that noise was. Good, it's important direction. This is kind of like the Cobra sequence, right? It is, yeah. Shows up at the supermarket, or in this case, the jewelers, and instead of waiting on any kind of uh, rules or regulations or what you should do, Hudson is like, just leave it up to me. It's all fuck off. Uh, <laughs> just going to walk right in and marshal out those fucks. Yeah, but first of all, he's going to tap, pull down his trousers. <laughs> I'm going to keep taking clothes off till I get in there. <laughs> uh, bottoms first. <laughs> could could one of the police people please play some stripping music out of their car, please? <laughs> Just going to step in. I love, I love, they're such hardened criminals that cop walks into their establishment, not one of them cocks their gun or shoots yeah. him. He's Al Leong, of course. Yeah, he actually speaks. He does. I always like it when Al Leong is given something of a character, because then you realize he's human and not just some sort of thing that Hollywood invented to be hit in the <laughs> face. Because we're so used to him, like, not speaking and just being, like, thrown around. You assume that Al Leong is some kind of. Muppet. Buttering. Yeah, or some just... kind of inflatable human that Hollywood just invented. <laughs> now, considering Gary Hudson's history in uh, softcore porn films uh, of the Cinemax variety, um, where do you think he learnt the martial arts from? Or do you think that he's just using some weird sexual technique? I think it's weird sexual technique. <laughs> I think you probably picked them up in the Red Shoes Diaries. This reminds me of an episode of (laughs) Sexual Intent where I had to batter some woman around the head with my penis. I mean, surely you're doing more fucking damage. Yeah, totally. That that bloke's going wide. That was a bit PM Entertainment, the glass, though. Yeah, yeah. They used all the budget in this scene. Yeah. I like how the old man has no problem with rifling around in another dude's pocket. If you know what I mean, Doc. Mm-hmm. Let, me like show you the pockets. I, let me show you how I feel in the pockets. <laughs> <laughs> if it was in, he starts giving him a handy. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Let me show you how I touch the pee-pee. <laughs> I'd like to fucking wank them off after they've been beaten up. I start with little strokey strokey, but then get pretty rough. <laughs> I like to flick their banjo strings, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, you thought this was jewelry shop, but this is whole house. <laughs> me, me main prostitute. They were kinky kinky. They're like fighty fighty. Had you not come in, I would have shoved a shotgun up his brown eye and made pumpy pumpy movements. <laughs> He's right back in the Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. With his slightly bland wife. Do you think she looks a bit too old for her? Yeah. But that was the way in the 90s. She also looks a bit boring as well. (laughs) I love his dad. His dad's great. Jeff Cardigan plays his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Cardigan, he's back. (laughs) Jeff Cardigan. 
Don't fucking knock Jeff Cardigan. He was a big, big, big star in the 60s. Big name back in the day. He was in a Streets of San Francisco episode as the <laughs> cardigan thief. Life was simpler back then in the 70s. We've got a rash of people stealing easy sweaters. <laughs> we better beat it on down to the <laughs> beat it on down to <laughs> look Macy's. That, look at that photo that they're looking for. Yeah. He's like, we asked him to pose as a bad guy, <laughs> and he did it. He's quite uh, nice. We we went on the uh, IMDb of bad guys and pulled <laughs> this headshot. He's never really like a sombrero with it's, like a fake. T- yeah. A cigar hanging out his mouth. Uh, it's the Internet Bad Guy Database, the IBGD. <laughs> oh, it's a very nice headshot he's got. Oh, is that <laughs> professionally done? I would like to get one of those. Willie Wincott, we don't have time. I like that guy you see next to him. Yeah. The other Tash guy. Yeah, the, anyone with a Tash is instantly interesting. That Tash tells a story Yeah it does He's like I have had to sleep with this fucking thing Tied to my wrist for three days How he put that sweater on I have no idea Unless he's been wearing the same clothes for three days He walks in and was like Jesus you reek He's like I couldn't change my clothes You chained the fucking suitcase to my wrist He's got it off now He's got it off I bet he's had it off Filthy yeah. sweater fiend. He's got dry cum on his hand. He's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I didn't want to get the suitcase wet and I'm right-handed. Yeah. It looked like he had dried cum on his cheek the way he dabbed him <laughs> down with a handkerchief. That's a weird bit of acting. He's like, I'm going to sit and then dab cheek with handkerchief. The director's like, please, please don't. <laughs> He's like, no, Do I, want? I think I think it, I think it says something about my character. <laughs> What does it Maybe say? Maybe a bit sweaty, yes, because I'm a bit, you know, under pressure, yes. Maybe because I've had to sleep with fucking suitcase chained to wrist. Oh, he looks like bad guy from Karate Kid. You know, evil's evil yes. karate teacher. Yes. He is so evil, he cannot afford sleeves. Yeah, I mean, who sits down with a gun like that in the back of the trousers? Yeah. Well, he does, obviously. Yeah, he does. The mullet killer. <laughs> no time for sleeves. He'll kill you just by looking at his waxed arms. He's got a nice face. Look at that right. tie he's wearing. What does that uh, tie have? It looks like it has screaming monkey faces on it. What is it? Does it look like oysters? Clams? I have tie with clams on it. Shut up. Don't point out at me. It's a very expensive tie. I'd buy it at an expensive tie shop. Oyster hey, ties. What? All their I ties bought... have seafood on them. Fuck you. That, that cigar cutter wasn't a very expensive one. I've got one of them. It was only about a quid. <laughs> only about a quid, yeah. I missed the line in that scene that I really liked. There was some silly line, but I missed it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, he's... Uh, no, uh, it was in the scene before where, he's, where they were... It, um, uh, Willie Wincott and his partner were interrogating that guy with the suitcase. And he goes, we'll get you all set up. We'll buy you that grocery store you've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to come to America to sell groceries. Oh, I get to live American dream. <laughs> I love that. 
This is even more important. This is a, a plot point. She's like, you bought me a hanky. It's lovely. So it's not a hanky. It's a scarf. Well, what the fuck? What would I use a scarf for? I don't know. Put it over your shoulders. All right. I guess so. Seeing as I weirdly love you, even though I'm married to your brother. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I could put it over your tits. <laughs> She's like, now, now I look like an air stewardess. Is that what you like? He's like, well, we it's could, a bit touchy with her, isn't it? We could join the Mile High Club, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but please expect this uh, this gift that I gave you, which I put no thought into, because it's a scarf is like a it's like a nineties gift for a woman that a guy has put no thought. In. What are women like? I don't know scarves. <laughs> get one of them. <laughs> I'll get her a football scarf. <laughs> you like Leicester City, love. It's so weird. Like, you can tell five people came up with a story, right? Because one of them got to the point later in the movie where Gary Hudson gets right pissed off with his wife. And they were like, if only she was... Like, if only she had something on her that, like, the brother had got her or something that would piss him off. And someone else was like, well, what could that be? And he was like, well, brother wouldn't buy her a necklace. He wouldn't buy her a dress. He wouldn't... He might buy her a scarf. Scarf. Excellent writing, Alan. Put that down. (laughs) I reckon somebody walked into the office with what that round the neck, and he went, "Oh, nice scarf, 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 That's what it is. Alan comes running out of the writers' room. Nobody move! I need the scarf. <laughs> we got a green light from Image. <laughs> Image love the scarf. They're all they've about the, the scarf. They've, they've approved the budget. They're bringing the hundred dollars round any minute. <laughs> They've, they've approved the scarf. Everybody calm down. We've got we've got it. We know what it is. We know how it works. This is an awkward meal, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, so what are you doing with the DEA? Well, let me just uh, give you the entire plot of the film. So there's these <laughs> Russians... <laughs> Yeah. And they're smuggling some drugs, 20 mil, or, you know, 20 mil, and... Uh, I'm trying to make out what the meal is. The meal is, is carrots. Uh, it looks like either zucchini or something like that, or courgette, as we call it in the UK. Bread rolls, and then possibly some kind of meat. Looks a bit like just a roast dinner, really. Unless it's yeah. corn and peas. It could be corn and peas. Yeah. It is very dry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's very it? dry, and there's more carrots on the plate, on the <laughs> at the side. I'm thinking, how many carrots can you eat? <laughs> and there's loads. <laughs> Everyone already has carrots. And then yeah, there's a whole other bowl of eat? carrots. <laughs> how much bread are you going to do? Later on, when uh, Jeff was like, sorry, I've really hurt my back. Can I get a stuntman? They were like, no, we blew it all on carrots and bread rolls. You're going to have to do all your own stunts, mate. <laughs> Marshall Adler. <laughs> Promotion by Hobbes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, though. He lays out the entire plot, again with the candles as well. The, the, yeah. the cinematographer is just like, I can get candles on both sides of the table. Yeah. Double candles. You know it's cheaper than expensive light? I lo- candles. candles. I love this as well. It's like, he's like, I'm going to fuck off to bed. He's like, in the middle <laughs> of this. <laughs> In the middle of all these carrots? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least if there's a power cut, he'll be able to see in the fucking dark. <laughs> I just love that, 
though. He's like, I've had enough of this. I'm going to bed. He's like, you haven't even no. eaten anything yet. No wonder you keep drinking yourself to sleep. He's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten in weeks. Every time I sit down, my brother said something. My son said something stupid. I have to get, get the fuck out of the living room. Either that or he hobbles down with his stick down to the local McDonald's and eats a Big back every night. Yeah, he, he, he gets down to the local buffet at the strip club yeah. and spends, he spends his fucking pension on a fucking hill. Uh, I like him being like, though, get me another Big Mac and maybe some chicken McNuggets. <laughs> and a Snickers bar. Also, I love this. Gary Hudson punches Jeff Willie Wincott in the face, draws blood. Willie Wincott, on the other hand, Roundhouse kicks him to the face <laughs> 732 times. Not a drop of blood. Doesn't even lose a tooth, mate. No. Look, one punch and, and uh, uh, old Jeff Willie is, is bleeding. Yeah. But him and his saggy wife beater. What's your problem, Jack? Oh, look at this. I kick you in the face many times. I don't care if you're my brother. I got, I got sweaty pecs. Have you read the trivia about the? Uh, he was upset that he wouldn't appear topless that many times because he'd been working out. What's that? Let me find it. The trivia for Marshall Outlaw. Yeah. Or the Jeff Wincott trivia. No, it's the. Uh, it's on the Marshall Outlaw page. Let me find it. Much to the disappointment of Jeff Wincott, That's the film's it. screenplay featured no scenes for his character to appear shirtless. Wincott had prepared for the movie with a three-month diet and training regimen and was so determined to show off his body that he improvised the part wherein an opponent rips off his sweater during a fight scene. You mean that scene wasn't put in there because the guy fighting him was like, get rid of that fucking sweater! <laughs> <laughs> I won't work with that sweater. Nobody wants to see that sweater, you insane Canadian bastard. <laughs> you can tell I'm a cop on the edge. I refuse to wear a button-down shirt with a suit. Which is weird, because I'd be the exact opposite. If I was in a film, they'd go, Paul was very upset, because every scene he was in was topless. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he had to work. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Out a bit. Yeah. I love that. Jeff Wincott improvised not wearing a shirt. I think he just probably stood up on, showed up on set without a shirt. When the director was like, We were thinking a shirt for this, Jeff. Jeff went, Do you want me on the film or not? And they were like, Yeah. Good point. Next. <laughs> Wincott was like, I have one request, and that is everyone on the planet needs to see my nipples. 
Yeah. I'm not sure you've worked movie... hard at them. Yeah, I'm not sure your movies are that successful, Jeff. Trust me, in the future, two grown men who have nothing better to do with their lives will sit down and look at my nipples. <sighs> They've always got a nice camera. Yeah, nice close zoom again, isn't it? I love how he finds out exactly the information he needs right away. There's yeah. that headshot again. <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe take one where I'm leaning against car. You know, looking casual, like uh, maybe we could use it for... Bad guy database, and maybe we use it for the Hawkshead catalog. I sell army jackets and sweaters. What do you say? Yeah. I want a shot that says, I will kill you, but maybe not today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a sweater that says, I'm evil, but I can love my puppy. You know what I mean? Like, I love dog, but I hate human. You know, something in middle. Like... Uh, Criminal with heart of gold, uh, something like that. You got anything in that? Uh, maybe a khaki color or something. Yeah, I will kill your dog for five hundred pounds. Oh, you pay me, I'll kill dog. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to pay me very much. I kill dog, but I want a shirt that says maybe I won't kill dog. <laughs> maybe I won't kill dog if you pay me more money. You see, it's a business. I'm a businessman first and foremost. Gary Hudson borrowed this outfit from Greece too. Yeah. He was all like, one second. Let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. <laughs> it's like, who is this fuck now coming to office <laughs> with Greece too jacket on? I like Michelle Pfeiffer, but the rest can go fuck themselves. <laughs> this office is great. Yeah. You spent a lot on this office. Yeah. When you're having evil mastermind plans, make sure that one half of the office is windows so that uh, everyone can see. He's knocked that yeah. angle poised lamp, though. The director's yeah. like, wait, the lamp was shaking oh. throughout the entire shot. Doesn't matter. We have no time to redo it. <laughs> Gary, could you try not knock the lamp? Listen, I didn't do <laughs> 10 years at acting school not to fuck with the lamp. Listen, my character wanted to knock the fucking lamp. Wearing this leather jacket, I've got to show that I'm a bad boy somehow. <laughs> You're meeting with the bad guys. And yeah, but it's not enough. I need to fuck with the lamp. Shows that I don't care about anything. Not even Every mafioso type doesn't like it when you knock with the lamp. I'm showing I'm not intimidated. Just keeps doing it. Though. Keeps knocking the lamp. Yeah. Every scene. Yeah. He's uh, the director's going, Stop fucking knocking the lamp! I throw pictures at you. It shows you that I hate your face. And that I'm going to kill you. Well, I'll get Mullet Boy to kill you. But then yeah. instead of Mullet Boy, Gary will kill you instead. Boom, Gary die. Uh. That rug really tied the room together. <laughs> Yeah, I like it how his head was in his hand. It's like he can't bear to see somebody die. He's like, oh, I don't want to see it. Was it it's his friend? Yeah. The Big Lebowski 2 is all about how a Russian mobster got shot on his rug. Yeah. It's just like, there's blood blood on my rug. Really tied the room together. There's blood on my rug, man. Nikolai. 
Nikolai bled on my rug. It's a lot to ask for, I was thinking, you know. What's a that? million dollars. Yeah. Just for the information, I was thinking, you're being a bit greedy there, Gary. Yeah, but he, he, the, the mobsters have got 19 more million. You know? Yeah, but he got more guns as well. He's got a lot more to lose. I would have said half a million. Have you ever seen uh, Open Fire? It's a Jeff Wincott movie I've never heard of. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Let's see what else is said about Marsh, about Jeff Wincott. Let's see what other information we have about Jeff Wincott. Like Jason Statham, uh, he was a swimmer before he became a action star. Mm. Um, also participated in swimming, wrestling, football, rugby, and water polo. Oh. We lose more horses due to drowning through water polo every year. Maybe we should just stop then. <laughs> you would think, right? He's the middle of three sons. We know about two of the Wincott kids, Michael and Jeff. Yeah. But we don't, uh, we don't know about Hubert. Is, is Hubert the third Wincott? He's the third Wincott. He owns a little chicken coop down south in Texas, but he's uh, only got one chicken to ship business, and actually, nobody likes to mention him. There's actually an art house documentary coming out uh, next year called The Third Wing Cut, and it's about the <laughs> shadowy world of a brother that was shunned by the Hollywood limelight. Mm. I, was so, I was so jealous of Michael and Jeff that I had to go off and do crime. Yeah. Essentially, he goes Dean. off and does crime. Harry Dean Stanton was supposed to play the role in a film by David Lynch, but unfortunately passed away before that. Yeah. The third wing cop could be made, because he'd have been perfect. What's amazing is that the producers watched the movie and they were like, there hasn't been a fight for ten minutes. Have another rando try and steal his car. Like, this is the yeah. second rando. I love that he's hitting him with an iron I, bar. He's, he's, he's and absolutely Jeff is like, clubbing his arm. Yeah, just defend him with my uh, forearm. That, that won't hurt at all. He's like, you mess up this fucking sports jacket. <laughs> I will fucking kill you. He's like, I bought this from the Hawkshead catalog. Obvious stunt double. What I really don't get is, does anybody have a life like this? No. Then he's like, oh, Los Angeles, you haven't changed. Yeah, because every time I've been to Los Angeles, some punks tried to steal my car, and we've had an insane martial arts fight. But looking at it in the interior of that car, I'd let him fucking steal it. Um, he has a black belt, Jeff Willie Wincott, in Taekwondo. That mm. is his primary uh, martial art. And he won some championships in Ontario and North America. Doesn't doesn't really say what what score he had or who he fought. So uh, is he but trimming well his nails with a cigar cutter? Yeah, that you know he's a bit of a nutter then. Yeah, oh, I've got the end of it. He's like <laughs> the director's like, what is it with all these rusky actors doing bits of business? I mop my face with handkerchief. I cut fingernail with cigar trimmer. It shows a crazy guess. Uh, it shows I'm Russian and insane. That. That guy was, I think his name was uh, Hicks, wasn't it? And that guy's name is Steph Duval. Yeah. Yeah, he's been in Roy Donovan. 
Wincott is very angry in his movies. There's not a lot mm. of like joking in a Wincott movie. No, he's not got a good sense of humour at the best of times. Apparently, along with his brother, I'm going to presume Michael because Hubert, you know, never Michael. did anything with his brother. But Michael Wincott, along with his brother, he once thwarted a mugging in New York City. Apparently. Could you imagine that? You would stop in your tracks, wouldn't you? Yeah. You're just about to mug somebody. He goes, "Stop what you're doing right now." What I don't understand is he loads three guns, you see him shooting three different guns, but in the end he's just got one gun. I don't really understand. But less than that, I don't understand this sweater. No. I do not understand this sweater. So we asked for comments on the Facebook page about this sweater uh, with the promise that the funniest comment would win a replica of the sweater... Sadly, I don't think any of the comments were good enough to be sent a replica, so I'm going to just have to keep it for the moment. Uh, but yeah, I well. do genuinely, really, truthfully, honestly, legitimately have a replica of the sweater. By which that I mean is. I don't, and I was lying. Yeah, um, you've got one. You like to wear it in the bedroom. My wife will demand that I wear nothing else uh, <laughs> but that sweater. Um, Chris Farrell on our Facebook page said Jeff always had extra protection while wearing his sexing shirt. And Dan Lashley says on the Facebook page, having to stop his road cop brother has always been Jeff Wincott's regular Saturday night thing. Oh, it is. Uh, and uh, Dr. Fuzz, or Mr. Fuzz or whatever his name is, Dr. Fuzz on Twitter said, action knitwear, we need a dedicated podcast. Well, we are the dedicated podcast for the fashions of the martial artists of the 80s and 90s. I mean, we are going to comment every time a sweater or a cigar jacket or something like this shows up, aren't we, Doc? Oh, absolutely. So if, if people... If oh, no, people... Here comes the fashion police with yeah. their latest... Uh... <laughs> we arrested this guy wearing a sweater. You dumb fuck, that's my brother. <laughs> he loves that goddamn sweater. That was my birthday present to him. <laughs> I like that copper in the lead, you know, that one with the fag in his mouth. Yeah. I want to see a movie all about him. I want to see a movie all about who made that sweater. <laughs> it was made by poor Romanian gypsies <laughs> in 1857. <laughs> then all the men of the village in Romania, they got around and wiped their cocks on it for good luck. Yeah. <laughs> And we was brought over to America. And we shipped to the New World. Yeah. And we could have either had the Statue of Liberty or this sweater. Or we chose this sweater. It costs more. What I like about it is you could either play... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No really big chess on the front of it, or regular mm. chess on the sleeves. Yeah, it gives you bring both a plane options. Down with it. <laughs> Uh, what do you want? A short game or a long game? What are you talking about? My sweater. My sweater. It's a chess sweater. You know, I have a short game. That's where we just play with four very large pieces. Basically lasts about 30 seconds because as long as one of the pieces is a queen, I win. And then, or we could play a much longer game on the sleeve where I have a full chess board. I'm, I don't we know. We could do, you, do both. Do you Why have any, not? Let's <laughs> level it all. <laughs> do you have anything in the middle? No! I don't have anything in the middle! Wincott's like, fuck you, I'm just getting the elevator, I'm going away. Now, I wonder, Doc, do you think this Russian circle of martial arts will come back to play later in the movie? Do you think it will? I think it's Russian martial arts box gun. Yeah. Bit like Chekhov's gun, but yeah. it's Russian martial arts ring. Yeah. What I like about not content enough to wear the sweater in two scenes, Jeff is going a full three-scene sweater... In fact, he yeah. wears the sweater to a funeral. If anyone wore that sweater to my funeral, I would be so vehemently insulted. I would come back to life and vomit guts on them. Yeah. And then steal the sweater and wear it in the afterlife proudly. Yeah, nobody knew that ZZ Top was a big fan of Wincott. That's why he was in it. <laughs> They're like, I don't know where... Wincott's like, we've got to get ZZ Top in this movie. <laughs> He's like, I don't know where he could be in it. Yeah, so, so basically then, you have Mio's been killed because he was being an undercover for you, and you wear that Yeah. to see him off. So where's black and white? And then she pulls the jacket off. No, it's not! There's yellow on the sleeves! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's not a happy day, Jeff. You're really taking this sweater <laughs> way too seriously. I wish you'd taken it seriously. Maybe then you wouldn't have worn the fucking sweater. You realise that years from now, the only thing anyone's going to mention about this movie is this fucking sweater. You did three months' worth of training. You took your shirt off and waxed up your pecs. But only the thing only people are going to remember about this movie is that fucking god-awful sweater. And I wouldn't mind, but it's not the first time Wincott has worn a ridiculous fucking <laughs> item of clothing in a Wincott movie. So I've got to believe, much like John Cusack, Wincott demands to wear his own wardrobe. Yeah. Like, what's that PM it. Entertainment movie where he wears like a mustard jacket and a peach jacket and just endless... Oh, that's man standing. Oh, God, that's abysmal. Yeah. John, John Cusack's demands are baseball cap, yeah. leather gloves. Leather gloves. Baseball cap... Long black jacket, Ramon's T-shirt. <laughs> Get your hands off my sweater. You can't have it, even if you are my brother. <laughs> it looks shitty, Jeff. Stop wearing it. <laughs> you get no respect while you're wearing it, Jeff. He's like, I come to a funeral, I smoke cigar. But I'm allergic sure, to cigars. <laughs> if you smoke that in here, I'll die. He's like, but don't you like how nicely my nails are trimmed? Cigar cutter, huh? Oh. I do yours, yes? It has multiple uses. <laughs> do my pubes with it. Oh, Occasionally one gets caught in the mechanism and I yank it out, but I kind of like the feeling. <laughs> it reminds me of my life, no? No. 
Maybe you could do my butt hair for me. If I do front, <laughs> you do back more. I'm not white properly. Maybe you get the rhino horn sticking onto my ass, kids. This would be a good time to uh, mention that uh, Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid have an Instagram page. <clears throat> yes. Please Dr. give Action, us a follow. Kick-Ass Instagram. Yes. In fact... While we're doing this very commentary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an Instagram story of us doing the commentary right now. Do it. How about that? Do it. Thank God he's taken off that sweater. Yeah. Let's hope they went and burnt it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the cutscene. If you get the, <laughs> the Blu-ray release of this. Director's cut. Yeah. Rock the muck bar. Well, that's a busy place, isn't it? A place <laughs> on a trip advisor. Nobody likes Russian food. <laughs> like, how much borscht do you think we can sell in a year? Oh, Christopher Lambert looks awful in this. <laughs> Christopher Lambert, I was in Highlander. You remember me? He's like, you thought my sweater was bad. Let's go to a <laughs> restaurant where everything everyone else is wearing is awful. <laughs> I buy my clothes from here. He steals all the clothes from the lockers. Oh, it was a brother. I thought it was her husband. Oh, that would have been good in 3D, wouldn't it? They did do a 3D version of this movie. Mm, I thought so. Yeah. James Cameron supervised it. It's on special Blu-ray. That's the kind of stuntman I'd be, you know, just those couple of stairs. It is. <laughs> you just do. Uh, so what's One on your step. resume? Well, I could, you know, I could do a slight tumble down a, a soft, cushioned, carpeted thing. Uh, yeah. Could could you do a window fall from like twenty stories? No, no, I couldn't do that. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's my stunt double, Paul Croson. Yeah. He only does one step at a time. He's kicking the shit out of all the Star Trek red shirts. They went crazy with the um, punching sound effects, didn't they, on this? Oh, yeah. No, the sound effects on this are absolutely ridiculous. It's like the, the Foley guy was just doing them with his mouth or something. Yeah. Is, was, did uh, Jones from Police Academy get a um, credit on this? No, but he should have done. <laughs> The fight scenes are good. The fight, no, I mean, legitimately, the reason why people kind of put this up against other action films and say that it's a pretty decent one and that a lot of people rented it from videos, video shops, is that at least the action comes like every, you know, seven to eight minutes, there's an action scene. 
Yeah, they would do what they were doing with that. All right, well, there we go. Our first Instagram story is up live. Follow us at Dr. Action Kickass on Instagram. It's the same as our Twitter. <laughs> if you can't remember it, check Twitter. It's, it's the same as that one. It's consistent. Consistency is all important in the realm of social media. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can expect the usual fun over on our Instagram feed. But here we go. Here is some reviews of this movie. One by Awesome Wolf from June of 2005. If you have never seen the movie Office Space, there is a scene where the main dude says, I'm going to have to go home and watch Kung Fu. Do you watch Kung Fu? After deciding that he could care less about work, several hours ago, I was faced with the same situation. Do I study for my exams or do I watch some Kung Fu movies? Well, after some consultation and noticing the unwatched copy of Martial Law Outlaw sitting on my desk, I came to the conclusion that I would be better off watching some Kung Fu. That would come to be the best decision I've ever made. So that is a guy who in 2005 thought, shall I study for my exams or shall I watch some Martial Outlaw? And that person was Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> What's amazing is that he goes on to say that it was the best decision he has ever made. Which you have to say, if watching this movie is the best decision you've ever made, I would maybe, just maybe, consider changing your life in a huge way. <laughs> Unless that person was, I don't know, he's done well uh, since about then. So, oh, it's, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Or, you know, like a director, and you go, you need to watch this, and he was like, this is what I'm going to do in my life. Yes, because Paul Thomas Anderson movies scream martial outlaw influence. Yeah, do, that's what I'm saying. I drink your milkshake with a Jeff Wincott sweater. I think that's amazing, though. He's like, well, I've had, I've had three kids, I married the love of my life, I bought a mansion... But the best decision I ever made <laughs> was to watch Martial Outlaw. The kids all turned out to be assholes. The wife is sleeping with the gardener, and the mansion <laughs> cost me a fortune. <laughs> and I can't keep up the repayment. While I was watching Martial Outlaw, though, for that one hour and twenty-eight minutes, I was happy. But I've still got my forefront video of it. The best decision I ever made. <laughs> I have to say that that uh, karate statue in the background is, or, or metal is doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of Gary Hudson's backstory. <laughs> Are we going to explain how this policeman does martial arts now? We'll just have a trophy in the background. Figure it out. Yeah, that should tell us all you need to know. And that's karate. So on the 29th of February 2000, um, Magil Villa, or Magil Villa, uh, wrote a review that said it's a lot better than its title. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
It says, or Cynthia Rothrock. Well, okay, Cynthia Rothrock was sped up a little bit in Hong Kong movies, but that was just something that Hong Kong movies gen generally did. But she did plenty of movies where she wasn't sped up and still kicked major ass. Then he says, sorry, IMDb martial arts fans. And martial arts in inverted commas, as if to be like, you're not real fans. Well, martial art law kicks and backhands the crap out of that sped up nonsense. As a fighter, Wincott is great and believable compares to brutal but elegant badass Richard Norton. Where he's comparing... All right, so he's going to attack Dacascos, Isaac Florentine movies that are really good, and Cynthia Rothrock. But then he's going to be like, he compares to the brutal but elegant badass Richard Norton. And is far above guys like Don the Slow and Wooden Dragon. Really? Is this, wow. is this, is this Michael Wincott? No, this is, this is S. Craig Zala, the, the possible author of Dragged Across Concrete. and uh, he, He's knocking Isaac Florentine films? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you mean like Cold Harvest? Because you can't mean the Undisputed films, because they probably wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have been made at that time. He literally led... He, he, sorry, he literally wrote Undisputed 2 and 3, as being, and Ninja and Special Forces, as all being sped-up shit. That was 2012. Yeah. When did Ninja 2 come out? Oh uh, no, Ninja 1. Oh, Ninja 1. No, I don't I don't think they're sped up. I no. think that I think they compare with martial arts films from I think Scott Atkins should probably go and visit S Craig Zala and be like, "Sorry, you said what?" because <laughs> um, if you've seen any of Scott Atkins um uh social media videos of him fighting just alone in a gym not sped up uh, I think he could probably take S. Craig Zahler but that's interesting to know if S. Craig Zahler is really out there reviewing shit on IMDB or if he's just using his name yeah I mean someone could just be using his name I guess but I'm under the name Clark Gable He's not going to shag her because he's so desperate to knob his brother's wife. It, what's interesting is, is under the lists, uh, under if you click on S. Craig Zahler, who's been an IMDb member since October 2011, apparently, it does say um, <laughs> favorite martial arts movies of author Brawl in Cell Block 99 and Bonehawk Tomahawk writer, uh, director S. Craig Zahler. So it does say that like, it is claiming to be him. Even if it isn't really him, she's found mm. another. She's found another use for the scarf. Yeah. Sorry, back to the movie after that IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. Is hey your 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 ponytail is blue? He gets really angry about the fucking scarf. She's like, I like it, wear it, and he's like, No! <laughs> <laughs> He really hulks out over the fucking scarf. I would have just let her wear it. He gets really angry about the scarf. Yeah, he's not a scarf. He's like, I fucking hate scarves. Remember, my dad used to lock me in a cupboard and force me to wear scarves. He put a scarf around my willy. That was pretty creepy, the way he sort of went and put his hands right to pick her up then. 
It is listed. Martial Outlaw is listed as one of S. Craig Zahler's favorite <laughs> martial arts movies in this IMDb list, and I'm not kidding. What's uh, what's um? Oh, this is totally separate to the review. Yeah. Oh, he also lists then. the only other Western one I can see is Bloodsport. He listed up there with Bloodsport. Most of the others are uh, Asian. Uh, American Ninja is at number forty-four. Mm. He did a list that stops at 47. Should have gone all the way to 50, mate. I could have found three more just to make him 50. Then it could have been Craig S. Sala's top 50 martial arts movies. I still wouldn't give a shit, but <laughs> it would at least be a nice round number. He got to 47 and they went, oh, yeah, we, uh, he goes, he goes, no, I said I'd give you three hours and that's the three hours. Yeah. I'm stopping at 47. Whenever you see a phone like that, I always expect it to turn into Freddy's mouth and try and French kiss someone. Yeah. That's what phones used to do in the 90s. Yeah. Bloody internet taking that away. <laughs> the internet ruined so much about phones. <laughs> That's a rather elaborate gold pillar. I would have more than one if that was my house. Like maybe uh, two, or, two or three just to balance it out. Yeah, but if you have to have more, that just screams that you can you can have them. Yeah. One just says. <laughs> One oh, says I'm working to up them. to a full set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Yes. This, again, up with uh, Mission of Justice, isn't it? This is his... Mm. There's lots of people in tracksuits and pyjamas. He's like, oh, the, the door shut. Well, I can't go back there. I can't go oh, back wow. through a door. I have a thing where I can only walk through a door one way. I can't go back through the same door I just came through. <laughs> I'm a little bit superstitious. I, I actually thought they think this uh, scene's pretty damn good. Fight it scene. is. It's like Mission of Justice. It's the, probably the two best scenes in both movies mm. are this one and the stick fighting in uh, Mission of Justice. What, what I like most about this is the guy that is uh, hosting it, the guy who's standing up in the red light taunting him, has his shirt open for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm very hot, yeah. comrade. He's like... If Wincott's going to claim that he has to have his shirt off in multiple scenes, I'm going to start this scene with my shirt off. This is the scene it's... where he rips his shirt, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That Wincott, in inverted commas, improvised. Yeah. Yeah. Even though clearly the, um, the costume person would have had to have given him a breakaway shirt. Yeah. Unless Fringe Man took it off. It's he's, amazing how he's oiled straight away. He's like, I didn't eat for three months, you fuckers. <laughs> Look at my tits. My greasy, greasy tits. <laughs> he's just been to KFC and just rubbed a drumstick all over his <laughs> nips. Jeff Wincott is greasy tits of Shaolin. <laughs> <laughs> In a new martial arts film. Craig Zahn is like, awesome. <laughs> 
Greg Zalowitz combines what I like about Hong Kong movies. In other words, makes me look slightly cleverer than people who only watch American action films. And Jeff Wincott. <laughs> He is pretty good, though, Winkart. He is, I mean, yeah, he is. Like, what I like about Winkart is that, um, you know, when we watch, like, the Jeff Speakman movies, and I really, really love Jeff Speakman's style of martial arts, but he just didn't do enough good films, you know what I mean? Like, there's only a couple of movies he did that are even worth watching. What I like about Winkart... Is Wincott's martial arts are almost up there with the kind of speed and ferocity of Jeff Speakman, but he made a ton of movies where he does that kind of martial arts. He doesn't skimp mm. on it, you know what I mean? No, he knew exactly what he was uh, about. It wasn't about high drama. It was about fight scenes. We want fight scenes from you, Jeff. I would love to speak to Jeff Wincott. I do have to get him on the show. I have a I feeling that he's—I have a feeling that he's one of those guys that probably had quite a lot of say in how the movies came out. Mm. I like that little pose he did there. I don't know why he did it. And this must fucking hurt. Oof! Hitting people with girly dumbbells. <laughs> Unless they're shake weights, of course. Yeah. Could be like, I'm going to take one of these home and masturbate. <laughs> Wincott is, he's kind of the Olivier of martial arts, though. He's very, like, acting-wise, he's very, like, passionate. You know what I mean? He's very serious and very passionate and very, like, well, I am Henry V. You know, he's that kind of actor, don't you think? He does look like he doesn't want to love sitting. Do you know what I mean? He just wants to get on with the story and the action. And obviously, he could take his shirt off. He loves doing that. <laughs> it's like, I get, I get very hot doing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the my shirt off. I'm boiling. <laughs> very hot under the lights, all these red lights. All these bloody candles. I'll tell you what, if that's all she's got to show for herself, is a, mm. a little suitcase. Yeah. She's not going to be able to fit that flower print on the wall in there. <laughs> like, How the fuck did she water that, then? How did he put that sweater he, back together? It yeah. was torn off him in the last scene. He must have bought them two for he, one. Yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> Just buy one, get one 50% off in Macy's. Yeah. Oh, I said you went there. No, it was untargeted. Target on our fern. He's like, so wait a minute. If you're leaving my brother, does that mean we can fuck? <laughs> like, how long do I have to wait till I fuck you? Yeah. It's easy. You are my brother. I'm going to fuck one of you. <laughs> and then he's like, wait a minute. Shiny object. <laughs> Put the fucking on hold for a minute. I want to look at the shiny object. Yeah, this is a creepy dad. Who did this? You'll be pleased to know that uh, S. Craig Zahler's uh, favorite horror films have 84 movies on the list and are basically every single horror movie you would probably list if someone went, name some horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite Texas Chainsaw Mask film? Oh, Texas Chainsaw Mask, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hasn't there been like three texts? I love that. Shop Rob the same night. Like in case you didn't. <laughs> First of all, that would never be a headline. Secondly, li- that's literally a paragraph in the corner. <laughs> Shop's all right. No, wait a minute. Shop was robbed again. Just, yeah, it's all fine. No, it wasn't. <laughs> in, a, in a square. She loves Canadian tuxedos as well. You can tell why she married Gary Hudson. They have the same oh, fashion yeah. sense. He's like, listen, I know you're going through a troubled time, but if I just reach in and finger you just a little, is that okay? I don't know what the morals are here. He hit you in the face. I feel like I should be allowed to touch you in the panty area. Can, what, what can do you I think? tweak your nipple? <laughs> How do you find these lists? You just have to You click on the name of the reviewer. I can't find the name of the reviewer. We'll go to the reviews under um, Marshall Outlaw. Yeah. And the one that was titled, uh, what was it? See more reviews. You have to go see all. No, wait. Yeah. See more reviews. One of the rare martial arts. Yeah, it's got, says warning spoilers. Mm. But just click the S Craig. S, S underscore Craig underscore underscore Zala, that one. Just click that name and it will take you to a page. It's got no name on it. I can't get the names on mine. Really? Yeah. Unless it's because I'm on the app. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he's got, he's got a list for lots of stuff. Kevin, it's your brother. <laughs> I've been wearing this cardigan for 17 years. <laughs> Every scene I'm in, I'd, I need to wear the cardigan. Oh, yeah, I found it now. He's like, could I ask you something? Has my brother ever changed my dad's clothes? <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? Your dad died three years ago. Then who's that in the corner? It's Michael Stipe. He's losing his religion. <laughs> I just like the idea of there being a ghost in a martial arts movie that's never commented on. <laughs> it's a proper shit one. In like <laughs> a white, in a old dude white in a sheet. cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ghost. Woo! <laughs> Shut up, Dad. <laughs> oh, is he? Uh, ghost is Dad he, too. Has he, got, has he got dementia? Nah, he's just a bit of a prick. <laughs> Has your, has your dad gone senile? No. He's just an <laughs> asshole. He likes meth. <laughs> Does a lot of quaaludes. That's a great move. Pick someone up by the hair and just throw them. Yeah. So, by the way, Jeff Wincott's jaw is broken and his back <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Like, there's no getting up from that and shaking that off. No. I don't care how many bad sweaters you wear. Look, that's what I'm talking about. Down about glasses, PM Entertainment, they'd have been like, no, oh, I don't give a fuck if it's on a theatre. Yeah. And put real glass in it. What I like about it, all the people building the stage set, not one of them comes out and goes, oh, you stop wrecking our stage set. Instead, this guy's like, he's hitting my friend. <laughs> I'm going to go fight him. As if this stagehand is like a martial artist as well. Like he gets paid enough. Yeah. To give a shit. 
Also, what is this, like, Russian mobster theatre? He's like, we have to put on a play <laughs> we, tonight. We put the little sing song on. <laughs> Do not smash his head on the stage. It'll take years <laughs> to get out. <laughs> I just had them polished. We just had the stage waxed. The guy with the mullet and the small, thin moustache did it. I wouldn't mind, but there's, like, a second fight scene in that theatre. As if the producers watched it and went, fight scene didn't go on long enough, which one? The one oh, in the theatre, oh, have another one. How much is that theatre rent costing? Uh, it's $20 a day. Do another fucking fight scene. We're putting, on, we're putting on Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> only this time about Russian Orthodox, not Jews, just Russian yeah. Orthodox. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, That's from Mary Poppins. We put it in uh, Fiddler. We, we bring them together. We bring we them put, together. We make, we make our own universe. It's all about how Mary Poppins befriends <laughs> Russian Orthodox priest, and together they learn violin and truth about existence. Yeah. I hope I get John Collins to play Mary Poppins. She's very big in Kazakhstan. Who will buy this wonderful morning? <laughs> That's from Oliver. Yes, we put Oliver in movie too. Yeah, yeah. It's mashup, no? It's, it's a mashup of play. It's Russian theatrical universe. It's like MCU, only it's RTU. We get lots of Eurovision Song Contest winners to play. Yes. It's very good. We get that Iranian woman that was really a guy, but is also a woman. <laughs> She's sexy, no? Yeah, sexy. And we have we have him, she, her, hit play uh, Tevye in Fiddler on Roof, only Russian Orthodox with Mary Poppins. And she has. In the middle of the movie, uh, the, the the play, sorry, in middle of play, there is fuck scene. <laughs> yeah. She she gives herself a tit wank. She's very <laughs> sensual. <laughs> In in middle of play, she gives herself titwag because she has both cock and tits. She has beautiful tits and lovely long cock. It, it is <laughs> my mother's favorite part. It brings tears to her <laughs> eye every she time. She goes on set every day for that. <laughs> Who will touch my beautiful penis? <laughs> I'm a man with big jubbly tits. <laughs> I've got beard, but also vagina. (laughs) (laughs) And you've only got to pay one actor. (laughs) I tell you what, they would be lined up around the block. They'd be like, what is Hamilton? Fuck Hamilton. (laughs) I want to go see the Russian mobster mashup. Of Mary Poppins, Fiddler on the Roof, and Oliver, starring a transgender winner of the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, that'll run. <laughs> it's like blue is the warmest colour. Like, people only went to see that movie because in the middle of it, there's like a 45-minute fuck scene. The rest of it, people are like, I thought there was lesbians. I thought there was lesbians. They're like 45 minutes in, they're like, oh, here they are, great. And it's like yeah, that with this Russian play. The first hour, people are sat there going, I thought, I thought there was a transgender titwank. Oh, well, well, it's coming up, it's coming up. It's definitely titwanks themselves. I mean, <laughs> mine's have to be in the last five minutes. 
<laughs> you have to sit through two hours of long, plodding Russian Orthodox musical. Going, somebody goes, two hours? This is director's cut. It's on for six. <laughs> yeah. I like it how they put up to say where it is. Not once have they given a shit about that through the rest of the film. Nobody knows where any of this is. I, in fact, no. at this point, I'd got completely confused as to what was going on. I was like, wait, he hasn't done the $20 million deal yet. It's been <laughs> weeks. <laughs> also, their getaway vehicle is an RV. I would have come with something slightly speedier than that. <laughs> we got a Morris Fine. It's, it's all the vehicle we had. We had to... <laughs> After spending so much money on Titwag musical, we had to scale it down. We got we got scooter inside car. <laughs> He's got the Canadian tuxedo and the black leather gloves. Yeah. He's like, did you borrow gloves from John Cusick? <laughs> Is it that obvious? <laughs> Meanwhile, in San Pedro, where? What? <laughs> Meanwhile, I remember watching this being like, wait, they've sent people to wrong locate. When was that explained? Oh, whatever. <laughs> the guy in the suit's like, there's nothing here. All right. They look like they should be in a Genesis cover band. They do. <laughs> Fat Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Fat assist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm Mike, Fat Mike Rutherford. <laughs> I'm Fat Phil Collins. <laughs> Together we are Fat Genesis. Yay! <laughs> what the world needs now <laughs> is the Fat Genesis band. That's the only thing that there's not enough of. Oh no, there's plenty of us. <laughs> you know, Genesis has three members. We've got 17 members, and they're all yeah, bigger than got, each other. Yeah, we've got 17 members in our fat genesis, mate. <laughs> Each one fatter than the other one. <laughs> Look at these guys. We're playing mobsters, so all be decked out in leather jackets. <laughs> all, all hair, dark black, yes? My, my leather jacket has two tones, red and green. <laughs> I'd better paint the new... I look a bit like twat, no? <laughs> <laughs> I bottle jacket from Steven Seagal. Straight after we do drug deal, I'm going out there, going out with some friends, you know, not connected with the work. We're going to a bar Steve, and meeting a woman. <laughs> Steven, Steven told me that mixed color leather jacket, open leg quicker than big wallet. <laughs> More than money. Uh, he said when he, when he wear jacket with tassel and Native American print on the back, he has lots of sex. And it's all perfectly legal and not at all women tied up in basement that he gets paid off by Putin. I don't want to. Steven Seagal's like, I'll, I'll give you all the money in the world for the for the titwag woman, <laughs> the woman who can titwag herself. I need it for my collection of women. I, I, get, the I gotta see some of that shit. I don't believe she can. I want to watch it. Uh, point, point me towards a YouTube's video, Johnny.
this bad guy, main bad guy, really doesn't look like he wants to be in this film. He looks away at every scene. I think the other bad guy uh, was auditioning for his part in as Michael Knight in The Russian Knight Rider. <laughs> He's like, oh. I, could, I could play blonde Michael Knight. <laughs> Michael, on, kid. Michael Tight. They could call me Michael Tight because I can't find clothes to go over my big, my big arms. <laughs> I do not believe that wearing three layers of denim would allow you to run that quickly. <laughs> no. The friction built up alone would be. <laughs> yeah, I bet his legs are a bit red raw. Yeah. We come in three different colours of car, yes? White, red, and yellow. It's, uh... it's like, quick, escape in this slow-moving, enormous RV vehicle. I bet if they did, like, <laughs> pop vinyls of Jeff Wincott throughout his films, there'd be a good selection of sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> and one shirtless one that would only yeah. be available in Walmart or something. Yeah, and if you squeeze it, grease comes out of it. <laughs> it's a limited edition shirtless Jeff Wincott. Pop vinyl. No, it doesn't imply that he's greasy. I'm implying that he he likes to uh, show off his bod. Yeah. With a bit of goose fat. Don't even think about it. It was the, it's the bit where, like, Wincott finally loses it and goes super fast against people. That's what I like. The yeah. That's what I like. He did it with the sticks earlier in the Russian circle as well. I love this whole sequence as well. There's this long conversation, and then as the guy walks away, he just shoots him in the back. Just shoot him. Like, if you're going to shoot him anyway, why have this long conversation? Yeah, it's just pointless. You're wasting his time. <laughs> You are wasting my time, and I am wasting your time. Shoot you me, take shoot the me. money, have sex with money, go home, <laughs> buy a new Canadian tuxedo. Yes. I leave this here, yes? Leave this here. <laughs> buy 20 more denim jackets. I don't, I don't tell you what to do with my money. <laughs> it's a great death scene. It is, yeah. It's one of the great... There we go. There it is. That's the bit. It's... Oh, look at that. That is great. Like, all... All all of it should be that. You know what I mean? It shouldn't just be that at the end of it. It should all be that. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. It's like with wrestling. You know when they're going to, like, a wrestling and then they do what they build up to, like, a big move? I'm thinking, start off with a big move if it's a fucking good. I know. It's almost like movies and it's... wrestling aren't real. I know. <laughs> It's almost it's like that there's pacing in order to bring out a story and excitement and crescendo and everything else. Yeah. I didn't finger anyone. He has great hair, doesn't he, Jeff Wincott? He does, yeah. So weird, though, like, to have him and his brother. They couldn't get more, like, weirder apart. Like, his brother is, like, an odd-looking dude. Yeah. And Wincott is a relatively, like, normal, almost handsome dude. You know what I mean? Like, compared yeah. to his brother. But you can like tell the brothers. and talks like this. What? You can tell the brothers, though. Yeah. They've got the same sort of look, except one of them sort of like, 
Why a spoon, not an axe or but, a but, sword? But they kind of looked like brothers that were conjoined twins, and <sighs> one of them was like a normal baby, and the other one was sort of like a mutated, like, feeble baby. And We're talking about basket case, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, basically, one is Belial from Basket Case, and one is the other guy. And Jeff Wincott has the curly hair, like the dude in Basket Case. Yeah. That was a really bad cut, because you could see that Gary Hudson did not hit Wincott in the face at all. Yes. And I'm sorry, this is a good movie, it's enjoyable, it's fun, and for an American martial arts movie in the 90s, it's perfectly acceptable. But this end fight isn't a fucking patch on the end of writing wrongs. I don't give a fuck what Craig Zala says. No. Writing wrongs has an absolutely epic ending battle. Don't he sort of go over the city on a helicopter? That's the very end, yeah. But before yeah. that, the fight in the warehouse with uh, mm. Rothrock and Jan Bayer. Yeah, it sounds like the the um, it sounds like the foley artist is like hitting two large wooden beams over the top of a watermelon or something. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. It's almost like they, they got a deaf Foley artist and just put <laughs> shit in front of him and just went, if you hit any of these things, it'll vaguely sound like a punch. Yeah. And the, guy, just... the guy had a spasm <laughs> while doing it and just was like... <laughs> he was like, I think he's having a spasm in the sound booth. Leave him, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> run, a, run a budget here. <laughs> I think he really needs doctor's help. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck my wife. Don't fuck my wife. <laughs> my dying wish is this. You can do anything you want, but for the rest of your life, you cannot even look at my wife. <laughs> Don't even look at her. If you fuck her, you are going against the wishes of your dying brother. Take your fingers out your rear, Jack. He's like, please let me fuck your wife. Please. <laughs> I don't care if you're dying. I want to fuck her. She wants to fuck me. Yeah, she's going to put that scarf in her hair. I'm going to wear the switcher. I'm going to spunk all over her tits. <laughs> Well, your dad videos it. Um, you like that, you little prick. The dad's in his chair in the corner of the room, and he's like, I can't get out, I've hurt my leg. And he's like, no, dad, you oh have to God. watch this. You I'm have to watch my son. Fuck my other dead son's wife. And it's the only time I got hard in the past 20 years. <laughs> so they, like, they, like, force the dad to watch it. I don't know that the dad would enjoy it. He would. That's that in the corner. It's like I'm going to soil my cardigan. <laughs> You're like, wow, you really went weird at the end of the film. <laughs> the nurse comes to see the dad on the Monday, and being like, "Did you have yogurt on the weekend?" And and no, nobody cleaned your cardigan. And he's like, "Yeah, that's right. It's yogurt." <laughs> it's not at all the it's fact got that blood I'm, in it. He's, and he's like, son, you've been very honourable, but now you can fuck his wife. <laughs> once once he's in the ground, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, maybe even I might have a go. <laughs> he's like, 
you think that I have this cane because I have an injury from being a cop, but I have this cane because I have a crippling erection that won't go down. <laughs> I, I took some uh, <laughs> Viagra. Viagra that was bought from Mexico. <laughs> it had been checked by the federal drug agency. I took it in 1988, and I've had a, I've had an erection now for five years. I have to. That's why there's a pillow in the bathroom. I have to do a headstand every time I have a piss. It's like I've gone sure, through so many cardigans. <laughs> I've gone through so many cardigans. Don't 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 tell his wife this, but I have a peephole in their bathroom. <laughs> I like it when she goes pee pee. She thinks it's she thinks it's your brother through the glory hole, but it's it's usually me. It's me. I love that. One of the stunts is performed by Richard Pee-wee Piemont. Yeah. Pee-wee Piemonte. Oh, look, and Patrick Statham, Jason's dad. Oh, yeah. But that was it. That was Mission to Moscow. Marital Outlaw. It's It was a classic of the genre. And the funny thing is is considering one brother wants to nail the other brother's wife, which is clearly, like, implicitly said throughout the movie, it could be marital outlaw. One of them's a martial be. outlaw, the other one is a marital outlaw. Yeah. It works either way. But I did come up with a good idea when I, when I uh, uh, did the joke on the Doctor Action Facebook page. If it was marital outlaw, it would be a movie in which a guy had married... 50 different women in 50 different states of America and due to like an email mess up, uh, mishap they all find out on the same day and he has nowhere to hide yeah <laughs> it's that'd just be like, a good film yeah it's just it's like John Wick 3 where it starts they're like <laughs> within 30 minutes every assassin on the planet will be after John Wick this would be like within 30 minutes every you know one woman out of every state in America will be after this guy yeah, and the advert, the trailer would be like, uh, it starts off with him like in his office, and this email would come through, and it'd go, John Richardson is about to have a very bad day. <laughs> but all of them, all fifty of his wives, uh, even though some are accountants, some are doctors, some run a run a grocery store, whatever it is, all fifty of his wives used to be Navy SEALs and are all trained in jujitsu. <laughs> And they're all on the monthlies <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> at exactly the same time, yeah. What will he do? Where will he hide? Marital outlaw. He's a bigamist in all 50 states. <laughs> Who's the bigamist? He is. <laughs> Who's the biggest bigamist that ever bigamisted? Did? Jeff Bigamist is the marital outlaw. Well, that was good. There's a lot of people worked on this. What I they? like is special thanks, Misty White. Who is yeah, Misty she, White? She was she a set prostitute. <laughs> She's the old father's fluffer. <laughs> She's like he. She Misty White sold me the Viagra. Yeah, they, they bowed down to his demand for a fluffer. Yeah. Like, we don't even know who you are. And he goes, I demand a fluffer. 
<laughs> it was his last movie as well. That erection killed him. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Marital Outlaw. Another commentary done. 101. Yeah. Episode 101. And uh, fairly back to back. Well, we did one in July. This is the August episode, right? Yeah. 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 So we could keep this up. We could keep one up a, 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 yeah, a month. Yeah. Straight to it. Yeah. That's all good. So there we go. Reviews from Craig Asala. Uh, <laughs> sweaters. Action. Uh, erections lasting more than four years. Yeah. Consult a doctor. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. <clears throat> we have. Jeff Wincott oiling his chest. Pop vinyl. When you squeeze the top of it, out comes the PP. Yeah, I mean, I think we've just <clears throat> nailed quite a few business ventures that we could go on. Yeah, well, I'm going to f- start writing that Russian Orthodox Titwank musical. I think you should. Yeah. Because well, it's what we <clears throat> need right now. Well, because what's that bearded woman done since um, uh, since that uh, Eurovision Song Contest? Nothing, right? She's definitely not. I've done a titwank video featuring <laughs> only herself. <laughs> and... And it's what the world needs right now. It, if, if it's... Uh, if I'm being honest... Titwank. Yeah. We've not seen... I've not seen it. I've not looked either. <laughs> well... It probably is there. Put it this way. Uh, you know how back in the day, before people weren't okay with gay people, they were, like, weirded out about gay people? But most men, if you'd ask them, they'd be like, but lesbians are all right. And that's because <laughs> there was a lot of lesbian porn, right? Mm. Nowadays, where most people are okay with gay people, but the transgender community is coming under a lot of attacks, uh, one way to get around that, self-titwack videos. <laughs> Uh, and thoughts about that. <laughs> <laughs> because so I'm, te- I'm telling you, if you could point to some pornography, you would get men on that page right away. They'd be like, give them whatever they want. They want to be what? able to own property, adopt children, get married. I don't care. Just give us more titwang videos and we're fine. Yeah. Why well, do you like those then? Well, I like looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> See I'm just, what they do. I'm just saying, porn has always been on the forefront of social change. Usually. Brexit porn. <laughs> oh, Theresa May drops her pearls in somebody's <laughs> arsehole. Somebody's fucking spitfire. <laughs> Boris Johnson and Theresa May in flagrate on top of a Union Jack. Have you heard that Nigel Farage, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump are remaking Salo? (laughs) (laughs) Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson go at it on top of the George Cross. (laughs) They're like, we're allowed, we're English. (laughs) It's what leave means leave. We're not not European and we don't like the Welsh. (laughs) So we just want to fuck on top of the George Cross. All right. Well, that's, that's all you wanted to do. We <laughs> need to fuck the economy up. Just do it. We'll turn our backs. <laughs> Listen, we will broadcast that live from Webley if you want. Just uh, don't do any of the other shit. Uh, you will. You'll. 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 You'll televise me fucking on top of a George Cross on TV. You promise. The BBC you promise. will. 
They'd better do after all the licence fee money I've paid them. <laughs> yeah, I want it to be done during Songs of Praise. Well, we've never seen a turtle fuck a potato, so it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Farage is the turtle, Boris is the potato. Oh, yes. He's got that hair that looks like when a potato... Uh, <laughs> like, the potato eye grows, like, roots and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the, you know, those magic potatoes where you just sort of sprinkle something on it and it sort of starts growing hair. Yeah. Yeah. Chia Does pet. It... Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like, he looks like if chia pets were even shitter than they are. That's what he looks like. <laughs> if, if chia pets were made out of flabby sacks of spunk. Yeah. 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 And you're right. He, Nigel Farage does look like a turtle who's out of his depth. I tell you what, if Winkart ever listens to this episode, we are definitely getting an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just to him to be like, wait a minute, you said what? I've still got that sweater. Where do you live, John Crass? <laughs> oh, he's a New Yorker as well, isn't he? he well, he's Canadian originally. Yeah. I think yeah, I can have Canadians I think are I, lovely. I know. He shouldn't have any problems. He'd be fine. Yeah. He'd be like, it'll be fine. He'd be like, you want, you want to see a tit wank video? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's make peace over a tit wank video <laughs> featuring the Eurovision winner. Uh, Hermie and the tit wanks. That's going to be the name of my new band. Hermie and the tit wanks. Oh, we're recording at Happy Lane. All right, dude. Well, that's it. That's done. <clears throat> Good Excellent. Work.